The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. I'm Ben, and we're here with a special extra credit edition of Unschooled and Ordinary. And I'm joined, as always, by Brandy. Uh, Brandy, so good to see you. So good to be here. Brandy, we got a special guest with us today. We do. One of the best. Yes, no doubt. (laughs) The one and only Mr. Byron Malone. Byron. I am trying not to crack up laughing because you guys way overdid that intro. <laughs> no, no. I think I underdid it a little right? bit. Is that we a word? We really could have had more fanfare. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Sorry we let you down. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> Byron, we are pumped to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and but So before we go any further, won't you tell everybody a little bit about you? Well, uh, I've been... Uh, here at Venture Church for over 25 years. Mm. I'm going to kind of start in reverse order of, you know, and that's pretty important, but more important than that, I'm uh, Donna's husband, mm. and I am the father of Rayleigh, Caden, and Garen. Mm. I got all of them right. That's good. Good job. This is off to a good start. <laughs> we won't uh, ask you to do birthdays. I could do it, but <laughs> we don't have time for it. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, man, I'll tell you, God called me into ministry. Uh, my my first experience was with students, and it's amazing. I'm 60 years old now. I know I look really good. You guys that cannot see me on podcast, <laughs> I am awesome looking. But uh, doesn't and, look a day over 25. No, no. I'm 58 I, for sure. I look a lot of days <laughs> over 25. But uh, you know, from just a ministry standpoint, man. Students and children have just been something that God and families, Mm. uh, they've always been something that God has always had a special place in my heart for. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you've got quite the legacy when it comes to serving students and families for sure. No doubt. And man, that's why we asked you to come join us today, Byron. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of our Hide It or Heal It series. I've been talking about some some challenging things and some hard things and most recently anxiety and depression. And, man, the reality is is that um, a lot of hard things and some anxieties come from our families and come from trying to raise kids and our kids are dealing with it. And so we wanted to have yeah. you on today to, man, give us some insight and some wisdom and what that really looks like practically to lead our families um, – through by God's word, right? Yeah, and, and hey, let me say this: <laughs> I'm here as a fellow pilgrim on the parenting journey. <laughs> uh, I may be a little further along in the road and in the on the road and in the journey than some uh, of the parents who will be listening to this. But uh, I'm not real real comfortable with being called an expert uh, <laughs> at all. And, uh, you know, especially when my family hears this, yeah. (laughs) so, so, but I will try to be as honest as I can be with Mm -hmm. you guys today and just share from my own mistakes, Mm -hmm. really more than anything. Mm -hmm. Well, 
As always, Brandy, I think we should get started with a question. I Byron, expect a no less. Yeah, he introduced himself, but we just need to get to know him a little bit on a deeper <laughs> level. Okay. All right, so Byron, we're going to play a little game called buying or selling. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. If you say buying, that means, hey, I'm for that. Yes, I'm all about it. If you choose selling, that means, no, I'm passing. I I, I don't want to have anything you. to do with that. Gotcha. So hold it. Wait, we did this whole intro with... Anxiety and stress, and now you're asking me a question <laughs> about buying and selling. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll see if we can induce some Welcome anxiety. to the podcast. Right. So, yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, buying or selling, family road trip, you're on a family road trip, and you pass an 18-wheeler. Are I you, do that often. Yes. <laughs> or the 18-wheeler's passing you. It doesn't Buying happen. or selling, <laughs> the old arm tug... To get the 18-wheeler to honk its horn. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm buying that. <laughs> You're buying it? I am all in on that. For you okay. or for the kids? Or like the whole car is doing it together. Well, you know, it's been a long time since I've thought about that, but it took me back to the first time on one, that I showed that to our kids. <laughs> and, and it was just, just a pure awesome. Joy. And then you can turn it into a game like, okay, this time, Rayleigh, it's your turn. And if you can get him to blow the horn, you're going to get five points. Yeah. <laughs> you know, next time, Caden, it's your turn. Uh, no points. He didn't blow the horn. And mm. so you can do a lot with that. Yep. I'm all in on it, man. <laughs> and it's hard to, it's A, it's hard to, to do that. And it's even hard to talk about that and not smile about it, you know? Mm. It kind of brings you some joy. I kind of wonder what kind of person you are if you don't like that. <laughs> don't raise your hand. Hey, <laughs> well, I said I, it I brings pure joy. Oh, okay. So okay. you're uh, you're buying? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm definitely buying too. Yeah. And I think this afternoon we should all <laughs> give it a try. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it. hey, look, let's jump into a passage of scripture um, and then kind of use that as our guide for our conversation today. So we're going to be in Deuteronomy. Uh, chapter 6, Brandy, hmm? would you do the honors and read for us verses 5 through 9, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Hmm. Byron, what, man, and both of you, what, what, what kind of comes to mind? What are some of the first thoughts when you hear that passage? Oh, can I take that? Yeah. You know, when I hear that passage at first, it sounds a little weird, you know, because we don't <laughs> want to go around and bind things up and write them on our forehead. You know, we get on to our kids for that, right? Yeah. Don't write on your face. <laughs> Please don't. Like, don't do that. And don't write on your brother's face. Especially you know? not that. And that may have been a conversation we had around the Malone house <laughs> more than once. I think last night at my yeah. house. <laughs> and, uh, but as I think about it, it's that whole idea, and we've talked about this throughout the last year of making disciples I know we're supposed to be talking about parenting, right? Mm. But I believe that parenting is about making disciples. It's our first, yes. it's our first place to disciple mm. is in our home. And so I think that when I hear that passage of Scripture, to me it means as you go, man, as you're doing life together, that you are aware, you have an awareness that I have a role and a responsibility as a parent to impart God's word into their life mm-hmm. to to make disciples out of my kids through life, and I found that the most teachable moments come just naturally through na- the the natural challenges of life, and not so much in a all right kids gather around we're going to have a Bible study 
Mm. And honestly, that never worked for me. Mm. Well, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> well, it was interesting. You know, I, I could get 250 kids, other people's kids, to listen to me at a Bible mm. study. I couldn't get my three to ever listen to me at a Bible study <laughs> around, you know, yeah. the house. Honestly, same. Well, and to like hear you say that, though, like, I mean, that comes straight out of this passage. Um Verse seven says, "Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you when you walk along the road. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily take many walks or go many places, but we spend a lot of time in the car. Yeah, um, yeah. When you lie down and when you get up. And so, how, how did what were some times? How did you how did you do that? What did that look like um, in your family? Some practical steps. You know, uh, it never." to just like have a real formalized time and like people are going to think less of me when they hear this. Uh, (laughs) But I'm just trying to be real. To have a real formalized time never really worked for my family. Uh, I was a youth pastor and man, we were going a hundred different directions. And as the kids got older, they went in other directions and that kind of time thing. So we, we just tried to take some natural times when they were younger. It was as we would go to bed at night and I would be able to, and Donna would be able to go in and, and read scripture with them and pray over them. And, and so that was pretty easy to do when they were younger. And, and again, we had to be kind of disciplined in that. But it really started helping when our kids started going, hey, you coming? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because we kind of established a rhythm in that natural going time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they got older, uh, one of the things that became really special to me was our, this going to, this sounds so crazy me saying this, but our time in the car line. Now, let me give you a little background on that. Donna would pick the kids up in the afternoon. I would pick them up in the mornings. Well, I have three children. I mentioned that earlier. One of them is not a morning person. And the other one loves the morning. And then the third child, I'm not naming names, loves to irritate. And so when you have a morning person, uh, a not morning person, mm. and a person who just gets a charge out of stirring the pot, <laughs> I got car line is terrible. <laughs> and so I would like to say that, hey, I had this moment where as a dad, I wanted to become this great spiritual leader, and I do, of my home and my family. But I stumbled into this out of survival. Like, it was survival. I I could not take our mornings. There was a time I was doing one hour, a little over an hour, three schools, three different car lines, dropping kids off at three different school start times. And and I was like, I can't take this anymore. Mm. Like we, there's a lot of anxiety in that. We're there's a lot of bad stuff in that. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure anxiety is the correct (laughs) word, but but you know, I thought, man, we got to have a reset. Oh, why don't we start with God's word? Mm. And so, and I think about like then we didn't have our daily devotionals and, mm-hmm. and our parent, our family devotionals, which I love that we do through KXP, mm-hmm. but man, it would have been perfect for that. So I just would find a passage of scripture and ask one of them to read it. And then we'd start talking about what does that mean? And then we'd have time of prayer together. And so we kind of redeem the time from the devil, mm. uh, literally. Yes. Uh, and so that was a real meaningful time and just a practical way that we went about it. Uh, I think another way it was, and this was easier 
again, uh, at different seasons of our life, but when we would share a meal together, mm-hmm. uh, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you this, but a lot of times we'll, sh- I know we just had to still like share a meal together around the table, and that is the best. <laughs> but we found that we would drift in to watch like our favorite TV show together mm-hmm. as a family, mm-hmm. but in that, oftentimes we would hit pause on the TV and have conversations just out of natural outflow. And sometimes it was even like what was going on on TV. And I know that I don't want that to sound weird or something, but yeah. but in those moments, that was just kind of a natural as-you-go moment. Mm-hmm. Man, cutting the yard or working in the yard with, with my guys, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, or, or, you know, yeah, going you, somewhere with Rayleigh. There would just be times yeah. where we just talked about life. And through that, let me clarify this, but it was through the filter of Scripture and God's Word. Mm. You you told me something one time that always stuck with me, um, and it, I was thinking the other day just how like counterintuitive it is, and in the moment, it takes a lot of effort. If I have an errand to run, man, sometimes it's nice to go in the truck by yourself and it's quiet. But to go, to go and grab my eleven year old and say, "Hey, come with me. You're coming with me," and it's just me and him in the truck like that yeah that that's a those are big moments um and i just remember you saying hey when you run errands just take them with you pick one take one of them yeah. with you yeah um so that that always stood out to me yeah. you know one brandy do you have anything to follow up on that with no i think if anything i would just say like it gives me peace in knowing that routine doesn't have to mean the exact same thing seven days a week the exact yeah. same place it's well, just, that'll give you anxiety. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's where a lot of us are as parents. And I do think you want to. I mean, for some people, that works. Not many. Well, it's, thank you because that yeah. makes me feel normal. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that that is one of those self-imposed expectations that that we're just not. That's you can't one live more up thing to I'm it. not meeting. You're setting yeah. yourself up from failure for failure from yeah. the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and you t- you talked about the family devos. And I've found those to be so valuable, um, not to lead the formalized time, but sometimes I don't know what to say to my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I need right. help with words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like, I just yeah. need help with words. And so sometimes I will, use, I'll, can borrow the language yeah. from someone else. Well, it's a great conversation starter. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all you need is yeah. a prompt. And, uh, and then it takes off from there. You know, you mentioned something earlier about kind of pausing the TV um, to to talk about sometimes what you're what you're watching to help your give your kids context and help them interpret yeah. what's going on in in the world around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that's something that causes parents a lot of anxiety too. How do you how would you encourage parents to be proactive in that? In, in developing a biblical worldview in our kids? Well, let me say this first of all. One, to begin to help disciple our children, you don't have to be a theologian, but I do believe this. You need to first evaluate, do I have a relationship with Christ? Mm-hmm. And, and you evaluate that, and then you have to begin to evaluate how much am I investing in my own spiritual journey because we can only lead as far as we've traveled. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 
they'll, you know, only when we take steps do they take steps if we're the leader. And so I think, first of all, we need to invest in our own spiritual journey, whether that's through house church, <laughs> great place to do that, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you're unpacking scripture together with other people and, and you're learning from each other, attending worship and, and honoring God through that and uh, just making those kinds of things that can be a schedule, mm-hmm. right, uh, that come naturally that helped you grow so that you can lead your kids spiritually. Hmm. Uh, so I think that's the first way you begin is that, first of all, you have to begin to develop a, a scriptural filter for your life. Hmm. I think some people call it a biblical worldview, but I, <laughs> I just see like, man, it's like a coffee filter that we're going to run this through and get the good stuff out of it, and and God's Word helps us do that. That's really good. Scriptural filter mm-hmm. like from the proactive piece like it seems like everything is being sped up on our kids um in our world you're baiting me on some of this ben because we've had conversations <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, yeah i think i think our culture hurries our kids mm. uh, i think we our culture says hey uh the faster you grow up, the sooner you experience things, the better you are. And I think that is just total nonsense. I think for us as, as parents, man, and I struggled with this, is, is it wasn't so much that my kids had the fear of missing out. It was that I had the fear of my kids missing out. Mm-hmm. And so I would fall into that trap sometimes of, of pushing them into things or toward things that they weren't interested in or or weren't ready for. Mm. And so I think for us as parents, we have to be a gatekeeper, not on just them, but on our own emotions mm. uh, so that we're, we're not pushing our kids too far too fast. I've shared the story, uh, I know with you, Ben, uh, about I grew up playing baseball, and I was really good. <laughs> I really was. Uh, a legend. Yes, in my own mind. <laughs> And loved foot, uh, loved baseball, and my my boys started hitting a certain age, and I was like, Donna, I've got to go get, I've got to go get a baseball glove, man. We got to start, we got to, we got to start going for this, you know. And Donna looked at me and said something that made a lot of sense. She said, "Have they asked to play baseball?" Hmm. I said, "Well, no. I know they want to, though." <laughs> How and, could they not? She, yeah, like they just don't know that they don't want to. I mean, I think I would use that very <laughs> line. And and uh, they're too young to know, you know. And I was like, well, oh my gosh, what if I don't get them involved in baseball? And and I, this is the craziest thing because if you hear this and you don't know my family, you're gonna think he must have some weird kids. <laughs> We can attest. Uh, and that they're is true. Not. They, they're but, not. <laughs> but they fell in love with football. Hmm. The boys did. Riley didn't. Uh, and and they just never cared about playing baseball. But had Donna not checked me, they would have probably played baseball and may have been miserable hmm. because their dad made them that way. Uh, you know, so... I. I don't know if that's good parenting. I gave them an opportunity to play. They just never desired to. Yeah. 
uh, but I was going to push them yeah. into it. And when I, I and when I started looking at that and really weighing that biblically, like, is that a necessity? Mm-hmm. Is that something that's going to shape them in regard to their spiritual development? And I went, well, not really. Mm-hmm. And y'all, it relieves so much stress from our lives, our our springs and our summers and our falls mm. <laughs> were yeah. ours, you know. Yeah, well, he, and that's not a hate on baseball, like right. I love baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just used the term um, spiritual development there. Mm. Um, but uh, something I wanted to ask you about that I was thinking of was like spiritual health. Yeah. And how do how do we as parents keep the spiritual health of our kids in the forefront of our minds? Does that make sense? What am I sense? What I'm asking? Like, I, I, I think I, I know. I remember as a as a kid, as a teenager, even having the genuine thought of, oh well, that'll be easier when I get older, hmm. or I will as I grow older, I will become more spiritually mature by default. So in all of the all with all of the other things like you just mentioned and talked and talked about that sometimes I can focus on as a parent like where does where spiritual health fall in that and how do I do that You know I think the real things that I've gotten out of priority on in my life have been just in that area where I've gone man we got to do this and like my boys played football and uh, hey, have you have you lifted? You know, today have you have you gone and run? You know, what have you done today to get better? And the thing that the Lord would convict me with is, hey, how much have you cared about asking them about the spiritual things in their life? And man, I failed that test oh, brutally so mm-hmm. many times. So it is really hard as parents, but I think we have to have a reset and go, okay. We've got to measure the temporary against the eternal. And here's, this is a mind-blowing thought that I came across a couple of weeks ago. We are closer today to the eternal than we are the temporary. Think about this now. This is Mm. deep. (laughs) And tomorrow we'll be closer to the eternal than we were today. And Scripture says, store up treasures for yourself in heaven where the rot, where the moths and the rust and thieves cannot distill and destroy, and so I think that's a reset for me as a parent to think through that things in that way because, man, we can get caught up in emphasizing the temporary, and we can worry about our kids succeeding athletically, we can worry about our kids succeeding academically, and then we can throw to the side uh, socially popularity, and then we throw to the side as an afterthought, the spiritual development of our kids. And the spiritual development of our kids is what's going to help them weather our culture and weather the things that will stress them and cause them anxiety and worry Mm. and will also be eternal. Mm. Hey, so to add to that, you said, you know, culturally, how how do I develop my kids spiritually while also not bubble wrapping them from our culture. Yeah, let me say this. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not going to tell this story. Uh, <laughs> let, don't hyper-spiritualize everything. Hmm. You know, sometimes you just have bad days. Yeah. 
And sometimes you just make decisions that lead you to a bad place, and it wasn't the devil. It was just like, hey, this is a fallen world we live in, and sometimes people are just mean to you and say hurtful things to you. And But don't, like, I, I don't know if I'm even communicating that right, but, but yeah, like, don't you, turn everything into, I mean, you know, I, I heard somebody say one time, uh, everything is a Bible study. Well, yeah, it, there probably <laughs> is spiritual truth in it, but I don't know that your kids want to hear a spiritual a, a Bible study every time. Yeah. But I think as you go, it's a natural, it's just something you do as a parent, you know, and, and I think for us as parents, we need to pray for God's wisdom. You know, in James it says if we ask God for wisdom, he'll grant it. And and so as parents, we need to allow our kids to lean on our wisdom. I think that's one thing in our culture sometimes we don't do. You know, we, we, we're going to let them make their choices. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like you can help them make their choices you and you can give them levels of decision making. But, but, <laughs> but like, there are just some things that I'm not going, when my child was 10 years old, I wouldn't allow him to make that decision. I'm going to make that decision for him. Hmm. And, and when, you know, he was 16, he may be able to make that decision. Yeah. But when he was six, he wasn't going to make that decision. <laughs> That's so good. Are you laughing with me or at me? Uh, with anyway. you. No, I, I'm Before laughing with you. I'm laughing with you. <laughs> um, Byron, how would you? How would you encourage? Um, how would you encourage our parents? How would you encourage our families? What What encouragement would you Would you offer them today? Well, the, well, the first thing. This is going to sound very par- paradoxical. That's a great word. It is. But first, relax in the Lord. Relax in the Lord. But also feel the great weight of responsibility. In 1 Corinthians, I think it's 13, verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I did childish things. I thought like a child. I acted like a child. I spoke like a child. But when I became a man or an adult, I put aside childish things. Man, just as kind and gently as I can say this, first of all, sometimes as parents, we need to put away some childish things in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Because when we became a parent, there were just, I'm not saying you can't do something for yourself every now and then, but I, there's something about parenting that demands selflessness. And if there's something in your life that could harm your children down the road, like if there's a habit that they're, they're seeing you live out that's, that could be damaging to them, uh, because and you know that because it's been damaging to you, man, you've got to evaluate that and go, hey, I'm willing to set that aside and become the leader that God wants me to be for my children. Mm-hmm. And as crazy as it sounds, I've seen... Uh, and even in my own life where, like, I just got that out of sorts, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's not to say that, oh, your life is your children, but, but there, there, is a, there is a responsibility that God gives you when you have a child mm-hmm. that you just cannot, you, you don't get to set it aside and go, no, I'm not signing up for that. Well, when you had a child, you signed up. 
But it's going to be okay because God's going to give you what you need to do that. I remember first time, man, I was overwhelmed. Rayleigh was my oldest being, and she was being born. And, you know, at the hospital, all they do is check to see if you've got a car seat. And then they go, good luck. <laughs> like they didn't, I'm like, where's the manual? Terrifying. Where is, you know, are yeah. you, like y'all don't even. Who's supposed to tell me what even, to do? They didn't even do a criminal uh, <laughs> background check on me. They didn't even do a background check on me. I mean, they sent what me What kind home, of place you know? is this? Yeah. Like, just go home and good luck. And I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know yeah. if I'm capable of doing this. And I, I remember Donna looking at me, you know, and, and I was having one of those freak out moments. And, and I think this was sarcasm. You know, mm. uh, but she looked at me and she said, honey, relax. You're going to be better than at least 50 percent of the parents out there. <laughs> <laughs> Ringing endorsement, you know, but I got but really she made a point like, hey, we can do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so relax. You can do this. Uh, you want to instill uh, God's word in the heart of your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I want to say this, too. We are the only, we as followers of Christ have the perfect heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And I think we still make mistakes and he's the perfect parent. Yeah. So that's not a, you know, give us a pass card, but it is to help you go, hey, there are going to be times that we just don't get it right. And in that moment, when you don't get it right with your kids, one of the most powerful things I've learned, one of the most powerful parenting things I've learned is saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I made a mistake. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's a powerful thing about helping your kids understand that this isn't about following me. It's about following Jesus. Mm. That's good. So I don't know if I answered your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Brandy, anything for Byron? I think you answered all my questions. Byron, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We didn't talk about this. What's the worst thing I've ever done? No. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do Actually, have a question. <laughs> we'll get to what I was going to say in just a minute. Let's go back to that. Um, no, actually, um, but I would love if we could end out, man. Would you just pray for our families? Um, oh, absolutely. And for our parents absolutely. and just would for love, our church. Love to. And thank you guys for letting me come and, and above all this, I want our parents to know that, man, you're going to you're going to mess up and not get it right sometimes, but seek to honor Jesus in what you're doing, yeah. and and God can honor that, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I pray for us, Father. I thank you so much for our children, God. I thank you so much uh, for the privilege of being a parent, and there are days that. Being a parent can be overwhelming. There are days that we can be exhausted, uh, that we can be angry, uh, that we can feel drained. Uh, But God, we know also that there is no joy like the privilege of being a mom or a dad. And we pray for your wisdom as we lead and guide our children to know, love, and follow you. God, we pray for the salvation of our children, that they would know you, not just know about you, but know you intimately. And God, let our prayer be that that the next generation we raise up, that they may be stronger followers of Christ than than we are. And uh, 
Help us invest in the lives of our children wisely because we're closer to you today than we were yesterday in eternity. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Byron, thank you for being with us today. Uh, man, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, this will be a fruitful you. conversation. Uh, so, hey, listen, we thank you all for tuning in with us, and we hope you had a great time. We love you. I hope you have a great week. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the Word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in House Church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.